How many of you know that children are important in the kingdom of God? That we need to realize that this is a great responsibility we have. Well, this scripture calls us to this truth. I also want to acknowledge that this morning is Pentecost Sunday. As the church is remembering Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit came to empower believers to take the gospel to the whole world. And we're here this morning because at that first Pentecost, as Jesus promised, the disciples received power and they became his witnesses. And from generation to generation, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be uh, teaching on Pentecost here in a week or two. Don't want to miss this opportunity. But uh, this morning I want us to focus on the responsibility we have to diligently teach our children. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Please read with me. Now this is the commandment. And these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. The journey into the promised land. And we're still on a journey, aren't we? Journey of faith. We're still moving towards the promise, aren't we? And so the same instruction applies to us. Verse 2. That you may fear the Lord your God and keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you and your son and your grandson and the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. That you may learn and teach these commandments from generation to generation. How many of you know that the church didn't start just with this generation? Sometimes we get that idea. We behave that way as if we're the first Christians on this planet. But we have a great heritage all the way back to Abraham as he stepped out in faith and we are grateful for all who came before us who were faithful and how we are responsible to share that faith with the next generation verse 3 therefore hear O Israel and be careful to observe it that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be where? In your heart. Now verse 7, this is our text this morning. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk in the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Diligently teach them the responsibility we have to teach the Word of God to the next generation and make sure that they join us on this journey of faith. Now, we need the right perspective on this and how important it really is. Let me, uh, let me get to it a little different way. How many of you in the last few years have been increasingly concerned over our country and the direction it's going and that if we're not careful, we're going to hand the, the, 
the largest debt in the history of this nation to the next generation. And the country is going to be less prosperous and less free than ever before if we're not careful in the way we handle this and as we transfer to the next generation. How many of you have been increasingly concerned about that? How many of you know that we should be even more concerned about the next generation in terms of transfer, for, transferring the life and the principles of the kingdom, lest in one generation the chain be broken? Do you realize that we're only one generation from the extinction of the church? If we all die without the next generation receiving the gospel and taking responsibility to be part of this journey, the church will disappear. Let me share with you, I'm more concerned for the kingdom of God, for the body of Christ, our children, than I am for our nation and the citizens of this nation because the implications are about eternity. The consequences are forever we realize we have this incredible responsibility to our children. Think of it this way. What if you realize that you had a terminal illness and that you had the cure for that illness, and as you were taking that cure, you realized that your children would also need that treatment in order to keep from dying from that illness Wouldn't you be wise? Wouldn't you prioritize the importance of giving them that cure, that treatment? Well, we realize that the gospel is the cure for sin. And salvation is impossible without Christ. If we do not give the next generation the gospel, the truth on how to be saved, there is no hope for them. There is no hope for our children apart from Christ. Do we really believe that? It's absolutely true. What kind of priority should we have? Well, clearly, we're told here in in the book of Deuteronomy that this must be a priority. I want you to notice several things here. How does this work? I chose the New King James Bible this morning because the translation reads, You shall teach them diligently. I think the NIV says, Impress your children. There are other versions that say, Teach them or instruct them. But I want you to focus on these words that we would diligently teach them. Diligence has to do with priority. It has to do with commitment. It has to do with intentionality we say this is a priority you know i'm concerned about the church and the 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 lazy attitude that we have in so many ways regarding children's ministry did you know that uh the child that that uh christian education sunday school ministry is really on the decline in our culture it's really true it's getting increasingly difficult to get parents and children interested in Sunday school. Many children, many churches are just abandoning their children and youth program because of that. We need to realize that this is a great responsibility and we must diligently teach this next generation. Okay, I want you to see that this diligence requires five things and I want to go through this with you. And especially those of you that are called to teach 
and work with children. I want you to pay attention. But all of us as parents have this responsibility. How many of you know that the first responsibility for doing this is in the home and not in the church? And so we should be doing this at home. We should be doing this in the church. We should be encouraging it in the community. The first thing I want us to see is this is a matter of responsibility. Responsibility. It's a God-given charge to parents and to teachers in the church. It's a responsibility for the people of God from generation to generation. It is a responsibility to pass the promise on to the next generation that they may also have hope. How many of you are sincerely grateful for those that taught you, invested in you as the next generation? Well, we celebrated that last week, didn't we, with Sister Louise and her teaching ministry and the other teachers in our church who have been faithful, those who give themselves to this ministry, to parents who teach their children and invest in such a way that is so valuable and so important. But it's a responsibility that is a choice. We have to make a decision that it is a priority. And there's so many other things that we would rather be doing. We've got to be, be careful as the church, and the church is made up mostly of adults who are leading the church, that we don't get into this attitude where we're seeking our own pleasure in our church experience and realize that, you know, to work with the children is work. It takes responsibility. It takes energy. It takes time. You know, I was so impressed with the, the, the creativity and the tirelessness of our workers this week at our vacation Bible school. I'm just amazed how much time it takes, how much energy, but how worth it, how it truly is worthwhile as we realize that is there any, anything more important we can do than invest in our children. So it's a responsibility. It's a responsibility for the promise and a responsibility to lead them into the promised land. We're all in this journey of faith and we're going somewhere. We believe that the promised land is before us. And we call the next generation to join us as we're moving forward. And how grateful we are to see how children take hold and become involved because this generation cares. The second thing I want you to see about this diligent is it's about a relationship. Parents who care about their kids. Teachers who care for their students. I'll never forget trying to counsel with this teacher who was very knowledgeable, really wanted to teach, but struggled and struggled with class after class. And I was visiting with her, and I said, I know that you really love God's Word and that you're trying hard to be a teacher, but we're having these problems with the children and with the parents. And we talked and we talked, and finally she just came out of it and said, You know, I realized I love to teach. I just can't stand children. (laughs) Love to teach. Our teaching must not be information oriented. It needs to be life oriented. It needs to be relationship oriented. And so we need teachers who care. How many of you have had teachers in your life who have cared? Beyond the lesson, beyond the memory work, beyond the assignments, teachers who cared. And so we've got to be teachers who care. 
We've got to be parents who care enough for our kids to spend time with them, to share with them the things that are most important. We need to be teachers at church that show interest in our children and know that our teachers really care about us. You know, I was joking about our granddaughter at VBS, but she had a great time. And you know why? Because people cared, and it was fun. And uh, she came home from VBS, and uh, she just couldn't wait to get back here. And that wasn't because the teaching was so excellent in terms of the information. It was because there were people there here who cared. And you know what? It's hard to fool a three-year-old about whether or not you care. It's really hard to fool any of our children. They know if you really care. And so that relationship is so very important. Third thing I want you to see is we teach them diligently. We need to remind them. What is our instruction about? It's remembering what God has said and what his people have believed and what their experiences have been. This is the story of our faith, which we have to share with the next generation. And so we remind them of God's goodness. We remind them of what his word says. We remind him of his faithfulness in the experiences of those who went on before us. And we realize this is a treasure that our children must have something they can remember. And every generation has this responsibility to carry on this this story which goes through all circumstances, this great journey of faith through all cultures and times as we're moving towards God's promise, we remind them. How many of you uh, have had the experience as an adult of you find yourself facing a, a crisis and suddenly you'll remember a verse or a song or something from your childhood that was taught you that gives you faith and strength. That's how God really plants his word in your heart and gives you something to remember. You know, and it's the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to bring those things that Christ said to our remembrance when we need them. And so we've got to, we've got to invest in the minds and hearts of our children so that they remember what God has said. Third thing I want you to see is we need to, in our diligence, we need to restore them. How many of you know that teaching isn't just about sharing information? It's about restoring lives. It's about healing hearts. It's about physical restoration. It's about healing families and relationships. And so to teach them diligently, we need to restore them. And here I think of my own testimony right here in this church as I was raised here as a child. And uh, many of you know our, our testimony. The Hedges family was going through a terrible crisis at that time. And, you know, their family was falling apart and we were losing our business. And it was a, a tragic time in the history of our family. And it was Faith Chapel and the people here who reached out to us. Let me say, I really believe that I'm in the pulpit today because people in this church love me enough to not only teach me, but help me to be restored in terms of a whole person. And I'll never forget how I learned the principle of Matthew 6.33 right here in this church. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be. And you know what I realized? 
that I could give up on all of the hopes, all of the prosperity, all of the broken dreams of my family and realize I can live for God. I can be part of his kingdom. God will add to my life everything that I need. And I'm grateful that God used Faith Chapel, this church right here, to restore my life. And I am forever grateful for the teachers of this church that had a major uh, ministry in my life doing just that. But we restore lives and we restore people to community, to the family of God. People that are alone and people that are rejected and people that really need the family relationship which can give them ongoing love and support. And so in our teaching, we need to restore lives, restore community. That was exciting to see right here at our VBS this last week is there were people from the neighborhood and kids receiving love and feeling part of a community. Do you value your church relationship? Realize that's one of the greatest things that we can offer new people. People that are broken and hurt and rejected by this society. And to say, hey, you've got a family here that cares. Someone said, home is the only place that you go to where they have to take you in. You know, the church needs to be like that. (laughs) We have to take you in because we're a home for the people who have needs. We're a family for those that are alone. We're in the business of restoring lives and restoring community. And finally, this diligent teaching requires a regeneration of the faith. As we share the story, as we invite them to participate in the journey, we realize that life is regenerated. The next generation has the same resurrection life that we have. And that is such a great responsibility and a great privilege to see that generation go forward. Now, you know, biblically speaking, every generation that takes responsibility, we see some places in Scripture where generation is as as a short a period as about 20 years. As children grow up and become adults, one generation. Most of the time we think about 40 to 60 years as a generation. It could be up to you know, 80 years or even 100 years as we see a generation come and pass. But really, the key time is that 20 years of investment as a group of children grow up and get established. What happens to those children if they don't come to saving faith in that generation as they grow up? Well, it's interesting statistically how few people actually accept Christ after childhood and youth. How there's this critical window of opportunity for our children up to age 20, 25. And then if they are not saved, only a small percentage of them ever will be. And so to take responsibility for that generation and realize that this is the future. This is our hope. Are you committed to this? You know, I've been excited to see Faith Chapel as I've been again involved the last few years and to see the regeneration of new families coming in and taking hold. Children who hear the gospel and get saved. People taking responsibility now. I thank God for 
you know, the, some 80 years of Faith Chapel's history. And I realized, you know what? We could lose. We could lose this heritage in one generation if we don't faithfully pass it on to the children who are among us and reach out to new children. <clears throat> you know, this is why it's important that we make this a priority. You, know, you look at all the work that VBS was this year. We say, that's too much work. We don't want to do that anymore. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Is it worth it? Absolutely. You know, whatever we do to reach and serve the next generation may really drain our resources, may uh, cause us to, you know, to, to feel uncomfortable, to feel like we're having to put up with, the, with youth and they don't understand us, they don't appreciate us. Well, it's all about offering our lives in service for the next generation. <clears throat> This brings me to something I want to mention to you this morning and want you to pray about because we've been praying about adding another service here at Faith Chapel on Sunday to reach out to youth. We've got a whole university campus which is just a couple of miles away with 25,000 students. How many of you know that some of those 25,000 students need Jesus? And that our church is close enough and loving enough and we already have a mission there to reach out to them that if we are responsive to their needs, that we're going to be able to win some, I believe, many to Christ and help them get established. We've, got, we've watched God establish this bridge of the mission. In faith, went over there, rented a house, opened it up, invited students, and started to reach out to the, to the student community. And guess what? That house has expanded and reached out, and now they added another house. And just this last week, they received another house to fill up with girls. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? We all prayed for the mission. We've given financially and supported them, prayed for them, worked on the property and you know the building, and uh, supported them as they applied for a grant from the Foursquare Church. And they received news here just the last couple of weeks that the grant has been approved. The Foursquare Church is saying, we want to invest in that ministry. We want to see the increase. Now, <laughs> aren't we grateful for that? Now, listen, we have to keep giving as much and, and more as we have because it's a matching gift. It's a $40,000 grant matching gift, which means we have to continue our level of support, and it will be doubled and that's to encourage us not to give up in terms of our support, but to give even more. And God's going to bless that as we continue to give. But uh, let me say that when the district supervisor was here and the general supervisor, and I spoke with them both as they went to the mission and saw what was happening, they said, we need to strengthen the bridge between Faith Chapel and the mission. We need to do all that we can not just to reach these students, but to bring them into church and to disciple them. Now, how many of you would honestly say that as far as you're concerned, university students are welcome at Faith Chapel? I ask you that question because it's a challenge. They're not all like us. They don't have the same backgrounds. They may not appreciate uh, everything about us that we think is so important. So we really have to lay down our preferences and say, well, how can, we, how can we serve them? We also realize that there are many in the community, younger people, young adults, 
teenagers, youth, young families that have an interest in being part of of a church experience which may be more contemporary than Faith Chapel has been. And so we've talked for a couple of years about having a contemporary service with more youth-oriented music and outreach to really reach the young families and and children of the church. And we say, well, you know, are are we sure that we want to change our service in order to do that? Well, listen, the churches that are really growing and reaching out aren't churches that are trying to put everybody together and make everybody happy with all the same things. But they're realizing there are specialized needs and we can minister to those specialized needs. And you know what I believe we need here at Faith Chapel? We need to maintain our service, which is more traditional in terms of how we worship every Sunday. And then we need to add a separate service that is completely free to really reach out to you. And you're wel- you'll be welcome at either service or both service services. And to have separate teams for worship and for children's ministry so we don't overwork the team that we the, the, the one team that is serving now. How many of you believe that God could use this if we will commit to it? Well, please pray for us and, work, and be ready and be flexible and support it because it represents a, a, a great potential for outreach. <clears throat> and so uh, God is challenging us to, real, to increase our capacity to support the ministry that he wants to do. How many of you know that God loves every one of those young people who need Christ as much as He loves you? And that He wants you and me to be willing to make some sacrifices to love and to serve them and to reach out to them. Well, I'll be sharing more in the next few weeks about how we're going to do this. and need your help and support. If you've got some ideas or help, please talk to me about it. But this is a great opportunity for reaching out to the next generation. Okay. Let's get back to the scripture. I'm going to conclude, and then we're going to gather together to have the Lord's Supper uh, this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. Underline this key verse if you haven't already. You shall teach them diligently. Teach the precepts, the word, the truth of God to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise up. I want us to close with the specific directive which really tells us how we need to teach them diligently. Did you notice two words here? The talk and the walk. (laughs) We've got to talk and tell them the truth, the right things. That means we've got to be committed to sharing the truth which is so important the truth that saved us the truth that will save the next generation the truth that they can share with others to share that salvation with even others and then we've got to walk the walk in terms of examples of the faith so that they can look at our lives and say you know what if that's a christian i want to be one i want to live that way i want to to have that experience where what I believe and the way I live are one in the same. To talk the talk and to walk. How many of you are committed to talk the talk to the next generation? How many are committed to walk the walk? Is this the future of our church? Yes. How many of you believe that if we talk the talk and walk the walk, God is going to bring increase 
God is going to raise up another generation of faith. And that we will be pleasing, even more pleasing to the Lord as we prepare for His return. Well, praise the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to seal this in our hearts and just to raise the level of our commitment to diligently teach this next generation. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the instruction on how we are to give instruction to the next generation. Help us to be faithful. Lord, we think of our uh, Royal Rangers that are camping even this weekend. And Lord, we pray for those boys and their leaders. And Lord, we thank you for them. And we pray that something special would happen in the lives of those boys this weekend. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful week of Vacation Bible School and how you've reminded us again of how important these children are. And Lord, we realize that this has got to be a priority in the ministry of our church and for the future. Help us, O oh God. Lord, you set it in our hearts. Lord, you help us to realize that this is more important than being entertained, having church the way we want it. Lord, because you care for these children. And you said, allow them to come to me, for as such is the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we want to give you freedom to lead them in and get them established in the faith. Help us, O oh God. Lord, we thank you for all you're providing for the ministry of this church to reach out to children. Lord, we, we thank you for that school bus that Hope School gave us so that we can reach out to the neighborhoods and we can draw them in. And Lord, we thank you for every seat on that bus. And Lord, every child that can sit in those seats, Lord, we thank you for the treasure of the kingdom that's represented in the potential of that school bus ministry. Lord, have your way with us. Lord, we thank you for this summer and so many good things that are planned for families and kids and for all of us. But Lord, help us to realize it's for a purpose, and that is to reach the next generation. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.